Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, but I have a great guest here who was rattling off their accomplishments beforehand. And I was like, you know what? I cannot do this justice uh, with my feeble accomplishments. No, uh, my, my accomplishments are amazing as they are. But uh, everybody, this is my guest, Atlas Altman. Uh, sir, thank you so much for being here and welcome. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, it's great to be here. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to see you in person. I've seen your <laughs> show before and it's just awesome to be here. So thank you so much. It's it's a pleasure to have you, and I love the fact that you you've seen the show and you're 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 connected with me in that way. So I know you're going to give us a banger of an episode that my audience is going to love. Uh, yeah. We were talking a bit beforehand when I was trying to get a little bit of a bio from you, and you started off, and I'm like, you know, this is too good for my audience. My audience needs to hear about how you worked on a special detail for President Obama. You, uh, your multi-award winning leader in not only in the Fortune 500 or any of that, no, in the Fortune 1, which if you don't know is the US military, the largest employer of personnel in the world. Yeah. You, you ran multiple award winning teams. And sir, can you, Atlas, just yeah. introduce yourself so I don't fail at what I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, so I've been pretty blessed and fortunate uh, when I when I was born, I was born into a military family, and uh, my my lineage was pretty good. Uh, my mom ran off, met some met some dude, and and that was my dad, and and then he left us. Uh, so we moved back in with my my grandparents, and my great grandpa was a chief of police around the Boston area. He arrested the Boston Strangler, and my grandpa was in special operations, and everyone used to come to him for answers. And so they kind of started off the journey of what I wanted to do with my life. And that was being the military. So my dad adopted me when I was five and he said, you know, don't go in the army, <laughs> go in the air force. And so I went in the air force. That was almost 30 years ago. And since then I've been assigned to nothing but awesome teams. I've had phenomenal leaders. I've worked for four-star generals, three-star generals, two-star generals, one-star generals. And I've worked at uh, multiple high level organizations where fortune one results happen all the time. And, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, so throughout that journey, I've had special operations experience. I've had all combat zone experiences, Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa. Uh, I've been on uh, detail with the president of the United States, president. So, uh, Obama, uh, was, was the one that I, that I got to do the most work with. Um, but recently we've done some, some presidential work here at, uh, the air force base, air force base locally. And that was cool too. Just to be engaged with Secret Service and, and that level of, of uh, detail is, is phenomenal. But uh, from my perspective, uh, I, I wanted to study leaders. So I came in as an admin person and I, I got quickly assigned to commander's offices and then they taught me the ropes and I took a whole bunch of notes, put them in a book and it made its way up to, uh, it made its way to Harvard Business Review uh, from, from one of my uh, contacts and, and I pulled it back as Dave Goggins is like, don't let anybody publish your work. But anyways, through all of the notes that I took with all of those generals, the president of the United States, and then every team that I've been associated with 
has either broken the door down on innovation or technology or just ran through a wall to make things happen in a new and unique way. And that ignites, as you, as you know, and, and in your show, you've, you've, you've talked to these people. When you have this passion inside of you, nothing's going to stop you. It, it, people are going to try, but nothing's going to stop you. So I've been with those people for almost 30 years and now about three years into doing this on my own where I'm doing digital entrepreneurship. I'm doing a lot of podcasts. I'm doing books and I'm taking this award-winning experience that I had and, and giving it back to people in, in stories. So uh, recently last year, I just got rated uh, in the top 150 of the nation speakers for uh, uh, President Obama's story, talking to leadership and, and kind of what I do uh, for commanders right now and uh, business executives and just bringing them up to the next level and bringing back things that should be basic, but, but aren't because of the societal influences. So I hope that, I hope that that gives you a good intro of who I am. It's better than what I could have just said. I would have <laughs> fumbled more times than a, than a football player st with sticky hands. That doesn't make sense, but anyways, <laughs> um, uh, so Atlas, what made you decide, like, obviously you come from the military lineage, so that was obviously a, nearly a no-brainer choice. And yeah. obviously it's paid off in spades being connected to the the leaders that can teach the most about leadership, you know, running yeah. a, a, being a four-star general isn't uh, the easiest thing in the world and you have sure. to learn leadership skills from that. What made you want to go out on your own? Like, you, you had probably the cushiest job nearly, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to yeah. risk it all and go out on my own. What was that? Why? Yeah. So I've been in command five times. Uh, the last time I was in command, they brought in a corporation that I won't name and they wanted to do next level leadership and they put together a course specifically for us. And about two days in, I'm looking around the room at these other commanders and this is all basic stuff that we've already covered. It's advanced to a lot of people, but the military spends a lot of time and money in their people. So I've managed billions over the course of my career. I've, I've managed thousands of leaders and brought them up to the next level. Whenever someone who's done the same thing comes in, I expected better, but it, it's not what was delivered. So I started calling the other commanders around the world. I'm like, hey, are your commanders... Are your bosses, are your generals coming down with something like this? And they're like, yeah, and it sucks. So I created uh, a mini course of sorts, like everyone talks about before that was a thing. And I started putting mini courses together for specific groups of leaders of leaders, because everyone teaches new leaders. Like that's a thing everyone loves to talk about. And people talk about executive leadership. There's the charm schools everywhere. But in between, it's a sea of unknowledge. People don't understand where they need to go. And no one wants to help each other because it's a rough sea. So getting out of the boat to help someone else means sometimes you might lose your boat. And people are just scared to do that. Mm -hmm. So I created a ship to help other people figure out where their leadership is going. And uh, that destination turned into a course that became very popular. And then I made it into a book. And now it's something that I offer to just about anyone in small chunks. So many, many courses. I have three mini courses right now. 
that are put together for a kit for kids. And they teach the basics of leadership from a parent to a child as early as six years old. And that's getting rave reviews because there's no kids leadership books out there. So I'm filling holes in leadership based off of something that I see a need for. And man, uh, and I'll tell you the story of, of the first book we published. My kid was was uh, 14 at the time. And, and he's like, dad, I'm going to be driving soon. How do I make money? And I'm like, bro, write a book like me. And he's like, yeah, we should write a book. I'm like, who is we? I don't speak <laughs> French. <laughs> and so he's like, look, you write a book. I'll write a book. So we got together. And of course, I wrote the book. And he's like, that's pretty good. Let's go with that. I'm like, man. So he started editing that. And we got an illustrator. We published it. And the next day, we're a bestseller, a bestselling team. Um, so I was like, that's that's pretty cool. Um, you can put that on your resume. Maybe you'll get a job as an editor. He's like, yeah, okay, okay. He's like, let's do it again. So we did it again. Same result, bestseller the next day. And I was like, dude, let's look at our process, man. We got something. We got something here. So the third time we did it, we made number one on Amazon. And that was in December of last year. And it stayed on the bestselling list for multiple weeks. And actually, it take it took off uh, quite well. And it was a bestseller until February. It was a number one in January for two weeks in January as well. So we we put all that together. And it's, it's a process you can get right on my website. Um, it's $97, which is ridiculous for com combining three years of experience and test. And Oh, twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of uh, of people just coming through trying to figure it out, and uh, yeah, we're, we're selling it for ninety seven dollars. Nine steps, and you can become a best selling author. And of course, we also have other packages. But every time people find that out, I, I did a book signing this weekend, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I could be a best selling author." I'm like, "Why aren't you already?" I mean, yeah. it, it opens up so many doors, man. Um, so yeah, so now I'm on stages. Now I go to events. Now I'm talking to people and they don't care about my time with the president. They don't care about the four degrees that I have. They don't care about war zones. They're like, how did you become a bestseller? And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I have all this, all this, and you only care about the money part. What is this? Yeah. It's not what you think it is, it no, is but that's cool. what it is. They want that, that quick fix and it fix. And it probably comes the reason why, it, you you were a bestseller is because you've been able to teach these stories yes to the thousands of leaders beforehand and break it down and now you have a process you know how to break down the course you know how to break down things so now you yeah, know how phil. to teach this for other people yeah phil and you know what like being on stage is cool and people always remember how they felt whenever you're on stage but with a book man they can reference it all the time and twice whenever they're with their kids or, or whoever they're trying to teach. And so that's, it's cool, man. I'm a big book advocate, especially in the digital spaces. Oh, I'm a, I love reading. Uh, I, I love the fact that I can have, I have a Kindle means I have like the whole knowledge of the world in my, in the palm of my hand. And I still get physical books. Cause I, I the fiction books, I need the f physical fiction books sometimes because yeah. it's just that smell to get you into that next world. But when you want to learn something, digital is the digital books are so, so key. Um, I want to know where did you come up with? So you and your son got to get well, your son propositioned you to write a book and he's like, I'll edit it. <laughs> uh, like most teens trying to figure out the fastest way and easiest oh, way yeah. uh, of life. Yeah. Um, but where did you come up with the stories to tell yeah. these, these uh, books? 
Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's a good. That's great. I don't think I've been asked that question yet. Um, so I have a whole lot of experience that I put into a book for adults. And what I did was I whittled it down to three main things. And what I found was the world always asks the same questions every time. And there's just these three questions. We're conditioned to ask three questions or think three is a complete number. So the three questions that get asked is how much is it going to cost? How much time is it going to take? And then they ask who's going to do it. And in every organization that's gone somewhere fast and, and managed billions, or I get money thrown at me because I asked them in the reverse question order. I ask who's going to do it. And then that person tells me how long it's going to take and how much it's going to cost. And when you do it in that way, you save so much time and money that it's ridiculous. No one's doing it in this way. So whenever uh, I started boiling that down to leadership basics, I took each element and made them into just a smaller bit for the kids books. So the first book is named the Fox in a box. Cause I have like a little Sheba Inu. It looks like a Fox. Everyone's like, Oh, it looks like a Fox. I'm like, sure. So she was running past me whenever I was trying to whittle this down and she stopped and looked at an Amazon box before she went outside. And, and I was like the Fox in a box. Yeah. And that's the name of the first book. And so the Fox in the Box is the first 101 lesson to the youngest kids ever. And it's like this. It looks like this. Teamwork. It, trying to do everything by yourself is ridiculously stupid. Yet people try to figure out how to do everything like a podcast. I mean, come on, man. If I'm, if I'm putting together a podcast, I'm coming to you, man. I'm, I mean, because, yeah, because like, I don't know how to do it. And for me to figure it out, it's going to take me way more time and way, way more money. money. So why would I do that? Because I know the system, bro. I know it. So um, that's that's where it's at. So the first book is teamwork. It's you don't do it alone. And that's how I whittled down the first one. The second one is continue to work hard. Because, you know, whenever you start, like with a podcast, when you start, you're, you're not going to have 100,000 followers, 100,000 listeners the day one. That, that's ridiculous. So You're not a celebrity. That's like, unless you come in <laughs> with already a million people following right. you on a social media, you're lucky if you're first, yeah. you break 20 downloads in your first month. It's yeah. So that expectation, right? It's, it's there. You got to keep working or you're not going to see the results. I don't go to the gym once and then look in the mirror and go, Oh, that looks bigger. That doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So why am I expecting the same results like that in leadership? You don't come in and just change the ship, man. It takes time. So that's the second book. And the third one is, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So all of these things are important, and I've heard them in your show. Everything that I'm saying is nothing new. I just phrased it for a kid to understand. And if you can explain it to a kid, you can explain it to anyone. That That is so true. It's so true. I, I, I love these books. I'm definitely going to be looking at because my nephew's coming up to six years old. And I think not why not get a support a, an entrepreneur in my who's come on my show shared his knowledge. I'm definitely going to pick these up for my uh, my nephew and get him to read it because he's he, he tries and scans my sister into reading three nighttime books <laughs> to before going to bed. So yeah, man, I love um, that. Definitely, yeah, and, definitely looking forward to getting those books. What's good about my book is it can be read again. Uh, so when you read it again, I have questions at the end 
And each time you read the book, you answer the questions differently as a child. That's what every parent's telling me. They're like, I love the questions. I always get different answers. It opens up a dialogue. And each book is meant to be five minutes long. Okay. So I love that. If five minutes, and then if you want to spend 10, you can answer the questions in long form, whatever you want. But parents, they just miss that opportunity with their kids to share what they just learned in the day by not having that question and answer session. So average kid asks what? 700 questions. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, if that on the low end. Yeah. And then it, unless you're a podcaster, you're not asking as many questions as an adult because you just, you don't. And so you think, you know, everything. So that's the problem with that. That's the one thing I found since I've become more and more entrenched in the podcasting world is I ask a lot more questions than people around me. And people sometimes get a little annoyed with the questions I ask. Yes. What? So let me wait a minute. You're seeing the faces too. Whenever you ask the question, what's the worst face you've ever seen? Like, to be fair, it did come from a former manager of mine, and I, w- I wish you had trained them because they probably would have handled the situation better. Um, but it was I was questioning how we were doing our process because okay. I worked for a financial institution. This is pretty much the story of how I left left my my day job and became a podcaster full time. But I was questioning the way we did the procedures because not only am I, am I an employee, so I have to deal with the customers asking these questions. I'm also a customer of the bank. Right. Because right. I have to have my pay. Right. So they, they, it's cheaper to have you well pay for your bank account. And I, I own shares in the bank because I I'm an employee. I get yeah. resop. Right. So yeah. I hit all three markets. I'm the person you want to listen to. And yes. so I'm questioning and they're like, well, that's just how we do it. And I'm like. That makes no sense. Like we can become more efficient. We can save time because. The process was whenever they changed their language, a new card was sent out. And if I'm an employee, I have to deal with the call from the customer who didn't activate their card because the, yeah. they got a new one, didn't think about it. Now they're pissed off at the bank calling me, wow. which, which cost the bank money because the employee isn't helping selling anything, right? Which means me as a shareholder, I'm not making my bank. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I'm like, this doesn't yeah. make sense. Right. And, and it drives emotion too. I mean, come on. So I was asking, and they're like, we just don't ask. And I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I've just interviewed over like two dozen entrepreneurs at this point in my okay. life. Yeah. So like, I, I'm now, my brain is shifting from employee mode to boss mode. How can we, like, like I want to be yeah. a value here. Let's try and do something. Yes. Something happens, it ends up in a call with a manager. I say, uh, my manager and her manager, I end up saying, like, I feel disrespected. Like the whole situation, explain my situation. I feel disrespected. Mm -hmm. And then they bring up the fact that I was asking so many questions in training. (laughs) And it was just like, and at that point, like at that point I had done about a hundred interviews. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fully aware. Like I know what my value is. I'm being undervalued. I have talked with all these people who barely know anything about starting a business yet now are super successful. Yes. I have a minimum of in- information to go on. I think I can do it myself. And I just quit there. But it was just like, you didn't even like the, as a, oh, it's just like, they don't like asking questions. Why are you asking yeah. questions? Just follow the rules and be a good little robot. So yeah, I, I got in trouble for asking questions a lot. So uh, whatever you can't help people. Like, you know, no. I always try to tell people they don't understand this, by the way, 
so I got, I'm getting out of the military. And the question I always got was, so where are you going to work next? I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna work for myself. And they're like, what, how do you do that? And I'm like, they're like, just get a job. I'm like, I don't want to get a job. I want to give people jobs. Like that's a whole mindset shift. Like people just don't think like that. Like you don't go to college and learn how to work for yourself. You go to college and learn how to work for other people. Mm -hmm. And everyone has this choice that they don't even understand is right there. It is. It's, it's insane because, and this goes back to before when we were still more before the industrial revolution, there was Mm -hmm. a lot more entrepreneurs, a lot more self-made business owners and all this. And then we had the industrial revolution and we needed employees so they mm. created school, which I have no problem with school because higher education for some are important, especially in the technical world. We are, we need yeah. more scientists. We need more sure. data analysts. Like this is yeah. important. You can't. Yep, exactly. But it also trains employees for the, the world. Like it just, you're, you work eight hours, you, you go to school for eight hours, you have three breaks, you get a lunch and a, a lunch. Oh my God. It's, it's school is work and work is school. It doesn't teach mm. you how to be your own boss, which is sad, but I'm glad now that we have these podcasts like my own, where I get to talk with people like yourself who went from the nine to five, quote unquote, working for the uh, military is not normal nine to five, but it is the nine to five. You had to get up. Maybe it was seven to four. I don't know. Um, And, you know, you're going into business for yourself. You're becoming an entrepreneur. I've talked with entrepreneurs who started right out of college and became digital success and started using the internet to make money just like you did with your book and you're teaching people for 97 dollars, which is ridiculously cheap some of the people i've seen have charged triple that amount just to become a bestseller so yeah now you have a three-time bestseller makes no brainer to go with his system and he's 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 won awards on top of it like that just like sells (laughs) itself yeah, my my adult book, Rule of Three Leadership, uh, how, how Elite Leaders Win, uh, is guaranteed bestseller status. I hired a, a super awesome marketing team. And when I was talking to them, they were like, so tell me about yourself. And I, and I kind of went into a little bit of, you know, I went into a little bit of what we just talked about. And they're like, uh, you've actually done this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm not Simon Sinek. I'm not coming up with theories. Like, I've actually seen this work. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, good. I think we're going to have an easier time with you. I'm like, let's go. But, so, and the simple fact that they can already put a th- uh, three-time bestseller. It kind of like just yeah. like it's like Gary Vee. Like whenever he pumps out a yep. book now, it's guaranteed to be bestseller. So you already have this and you already have the uh, – you you help kids become leaders beforehand. Yep. So now let's get the leader uh, adults into the leadership. Um, what is a memory that you have? from your time helping your, the, the amount of leaders that you've helped. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a memory that just like solidifies, like, this is why I help people become leaders? Yes, absolutely. I'll I'll tell you the memory that got me the national stage in December. And it's a presidential story. When people find out I worked at the white house, everyone wants to know how president Obama was. (laughs) And so I used to live at the white house and before we went to bed, the last thing that I got was the president's calendar for the next day. And I always used to look for one thing on there and it was always on there with him. And it's a meet and greet. And a meet and greet is an opportunity for the president to engage with somebody. And usually it wasn't like a celebrity. It was somebody that was there. 
So one day uh, I was walking in front of the president going into a room and I saw this man in a wheelchair and he was just sitting there and I was like, oh, that's, that, that guy's just there. And the president walks in and he goes, how you doing young man? And immediately this guy's shoulders rocked back and his chest popped out. Right. And his eyes just got really big and the smile came over his face and these wrinkles that were just all over his face got replaced with this giant smile. Right. This recognized leader recognizing someone else. And you don't have to be the president of the United States or a general officer or award-winning book selling, you know, <laughs> leader top of, you know, the white house and air combat command in, in uh, special operations, top leader. You don't have to be that guy. You could be anybody and give that to someone else. So as an entrepreneur, as a boss in your own world, you can give that to yourself and it transcends into other people's lives in a positive vibe that it just can't be taught. You just have to be that person. And it's amazing that I had to go to that level and see that happen to realize, hey, that that's for me. Like that is for everyone, but it's really like, why am I not being positive to people? I have no reason not to be. Why am I not bringing a positive message to people? Why am I not really caring about somebody? Politician or no, President Obama was a very, very social person and he loved to talk to people. And uh, that's one of the stories that, that I always tell about him that I had to pull that, that, I, that I'll share with your audience that I had to pull out of, out of the memoir and it really changed me and who I am. And now I get a lot of messages. I still do. I, I got one this morning on uh, social media uh, because, you know, I, I posted something about my career and they were like, Hey, you were the best commander I ever had. I had an exit interview and you actually listened to me. And I'm like, yeah, of course I did. You know, I had something to learn from you. And uh, I, I guess I was one of the few people that gave people an opportunity to actually let me hear them. And it's all my experiences like that. They, they come through and they just shine bright, man. They shine bright. Oh, I love that. Like I'm, I'm listening there. I'm like, I'm getting inspired. I'm like, why am I not doing that? Bringing this level of positive, like you are, best, <laughs> I can do better. Um, I can make people feel better, but I'm with my name. But like if president Obama can do that and he has the weight of the free world on his shoulders and he can still come in and make sure that every single person he meets has a positive experience. Like then I can do that. Like you said, I don't have to be the president. I don't have to be the leader of a free world or have any stars or accolades. I can just do that with every single individual I meet. So I love that. Cause that's a great tip also for my audience, like make everyone yeah. feel amazing meeting you so that they have this great uh, experience. But I would love another yeah. tip on leadership, more on okay. leadership directly for people going into business for themselves. Cause being a, your own leader is one of yeah. the biggest things that, and sometimes a hard thing for people. Yeah. So I'll go back to my principles of leadership. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're in a corporate environment, uh, military or entrepreneur, the same principle applies every time. So as the boss who does everything, that's called entrepreneurship. <laughs> if you can find somebody that saves you time and money, pay them, pay them, whatever costs. The Bible says it this way, and I'm not sure if you're a believer or not. 
I'm not sure if your audience is a believer, but I always like to take something from the Bible that no one really knew was in the Bible and mm -hmm. like expose it. And it says it this way. Um, you, gifts get you into the corner of kings and queens. And if you can pay to be in the presence of greatness, pay the price. So you, it's, it's, it's a proven thing that if you invest in yourself, wow, where did that come from? Mm. That title. <laughs> if you invest in yourself, you're always going to get dividends. The payoff is immense. So invest in yourself by investing in other people. What you're, what you're good at, keep doing that. And what you're bad at, find somebody that's good at it. And, and they will get you to the next level far quicker than you can ever imagine. That's what I give to you. I, I love that because it reinforces a previous guest's uh, um, comments about being specialized. Mm. being being able because he was building an agent part of his agency and he needed specialization so he's like everybody's good at something but they're excellent at one thing Absolutely. and it's the same thing hire someone who's excellent where you are not excellent so that they can be excellent for you yes so i'm, I'm getting ready i'm preparing for a ted stage uh, i have four potentials one probable um and my my speech is very much on this whole, the whole theme that we're going on. And so Simon Sinek, I mentioned him earlier, mm -hmm. he has the most watched video for TEDx. In fact, if you doubled the guy who's behind him, he still wouldn't reach the amount of views. And it was amazing is like 2009 in, in a small little New England town, he's, he's on stage and everything fails. And that's probably the first driver of why everyone wanted to watch the video. But he describes this thing called a golden circle. And in the middle, he puts the word why. And he goes into how and what, and he says, everyone should know what they're doing and how to do it is, is specialized, but you should know why you're doing it. And I like that principle, but what I found is you should know who you are and that's your real why. So Simon said why, but in this game, the next word is you you have to figure out who you are in order to figure out where you're going to go why you are the way you are who you're going to be all of that boils down into what you're good at and you know what you're good at and you know what you're bad at and whenever you try something and you don't want to be good at it you're bad at that too so <laughs> why even try going down that path if you know where the ending is going to be and so, yeah, I have like 15 minutes that I won't expose to you. No, please don't. I want to save thing. this for your TED Talk. This is <laughs> this is gold TED Talk things. I'm getting a prequel and I love it. But I don't yeah. want you to spoil your TED Talk before it's up because I want you to, I want that video to destroy Simon yeah. Sinek's video. I'll be the next one. So maybe I'll be there. Tell me when I need to unplug uh, this. All right. And stuff. <laughs> Get into the next level. Um, we're going to... Oh. I'm having such a great time talking with you. Uh, uh, it's been a blast, but we do need to get to the spark question of the okay. show. Um, Atlas, can you recall a small decision that ended up changing the course of your life? Yes, absolutely. Small decision. When I was in Iraq, 
I was helping rebuild the air routes for the Civil Aviation Authority there. I was mentoring the ComNav Surveillance Director for their equivalent of the FAA. And one of the things that was common was they had the people, but they didn't have any money. And when I would visit the Iraqi Air Force, they had the money, but they didn't have the people. So, you know, I, it's easier whenever I'm saying that now to connect those two together. <laughs> it's kind of like light over here. Like it's yeah. really obvious, but obviously yeah. at the time it probably wasn't. Um, but the smallest decision that I ever made that was a huge impact was bringing those two teams together for one solution. And what I found was that one solution brought a level of teaming that Iraq had never seen before because the military was not allowed to talk to the civil aviation authorities under the Saddam uh, regime. So that was something that they weren't used to that Americans are used to. Uh, so finding someone to help you or finding the money to get that help uh, was not an entrepreneurial mindset there. And that small decision to bring them together for one thing, which was to reestablish a generator on West Iraq on the border of Syria, um, that opened up the ability to communicate and opened up their air routes five years earlier than they would have been if they would have worked it stovepiped like they had planned. So a small decision ended up being a personal note from uh, a good a good mentor of mine, General Clary, he's actually on the back of my, my book, uh, where he wrote to General North uh, a personalized letter on why I was getting one of the top level medals in the war. And yeah, why that was important. And there he's, he, he describes it. And then the admin person sent it to me. Or he was like, hey, I know you didn't see this, but you got to see this. <laughs> And I ran across it yesterday, believe it or not. I was like, oh man, I forgot about this. And in there, he said, before, before Josh showed up, because that's what they were, they were calling me, because that's in my official, official name in the Air Force, um, the uh, Iraqi uh, leadership needed some help. And he pieced it together and saved it from destruction. And uh, strategic impact is never usually seen from someone at his level. But without him, we couldn't have done what we did. And I was like crying a little bit when I read that. The letter. That is huge. <laughs> so yeah, I got a uh, I got the Bronze Star Medal as a captain, and uh, as an Air Force guy, that's not something that we get. And uh, as a captain, that's not something that we get at all. So that kind of set the course, and that allowed me to to open up the tactical organization we pulled together the next couple of years. We stood together. Uh, with uh, four other organizations and made a worldwide tactical uh, unit that was first of its kind. And then that pushed me into the White House to work on uh, their their teams there as a military liaison, pulling all the elements together. And then that eventually worked into me being at the White House proper for a couple years and spending lots of time on the sidelines of history. And then opened up the door to more special operations units, opened up the door to more commands. And now, like I said, every, every organization that I've been in, every commander that I've been associated with has, has been the best in the air force, if not uh, the department of defense. And 
I just feel, I feel very blessed to be in the presence of all this greatness and watch it all unfold. Cause it's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> you know? Um, and now, I mean, I'm doing it for the CEOs now as they hit different levels, like there, there are different plateaus. And in order to get from one bridge to another, you have to take another leap of faith, just like you're starting over. And whenever they take that leap and they see millions of dollars flow to them, that's an amazing thing to watch too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like it. I like keep, I, I like, I like to do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell, like you started off this show with like the, the passion inside you, like it's just burning. I can see the passion with just in the <laughs> smile in your eyes to, and how you, uh, you talk about all the, the memories and the tips and the, all your stories. My God. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure we could spend three hours talking and not yeah, even absolutely. scratch the surface <laughs> of the knowledge you have. But unfortunately, we do need to uh, wrap it up. So I'm going to jump off stage here, Atlas. I want you to let my audience know where they can get your books, both yeah. your, your children's books, your adult books, everything regarding leadership, yeah. how they can actually work with you. So the floor, sir, is yours. Awesome. So Josh Atlas Altman, everyone calls me Atlas. I go to leaderskit.com for all of my books. You can get them there signed, personalized. Uh, I make kits for kids and I make kits for adults. So the kits for adults uh, come in many different forms. One of them is if you're going to write a book as an entrepreneur, you should. I can get you to bestseller status. The $97 package that we talked about earlier is not a guarantee. I do offer guarantees for just a little bit more. And that looks really good whenever you're trying to open the door to your next venue. I also have one-on-one uh, -on -one coaches and I have stages that are in the Phoenix area. Our next events happen in March, uh, but we help people get to the next level of leadership where there is nobody in that space. So if you're interested in coaching one-on-one, -on -one, being a bestseller or any of my books, you can go to leaderskit.com and we will hook you up. Excellent. Uh, Atlas, thank you again for being on the show and sharing your story and your journey and some of the, those great leaders. I needed to hear the leadership tips. Um, this is still a show that's for me, uh, but it's a lot more for my audience. So I want to thank you very much for, uh, for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Phil. I, I love the name, love the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a constant fan, trust me. You're going to be always, it. you're going to always going to see that little view pop up for me. Awesome. I love it. Uh, to my audience, make sure you check out the link in the, sh the links in the show note to connect with Josh uh, Atlas so that you can uh, get his leadership kits and start, start them young. Cause I'm getting them for my nephew. Um, you might as well start as well if you have kids. Cause I think it's the, uh, the bees knees, as I like, I've been saying recently, I don't know why, uh, but I think it's one of the greater sayings uh, out there, but uh, to my audience, to Josh, to everybody, remember to always invest in yourself. Thank you